the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. We all have developer horror stories from language barriers to bad code to developing on time. That's why I recommend using b7dev.com. They're affordable, fast, and more importantly, trustworthy. Go to b7dev.com. Want to scale your growth faster? Games Boost 42 gives you early access to your app store revenues, allowing you to multiply your growth without losing equity. See how they can help you grow by visiting gamesboost42.com. That once again is gamesboost, the number 42.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go, you know, when you want action-packed content related to helping you grow your app downloads. And more importantly, let's talk about those revenues. And today I've got a phenomenal guest. We're going to talk about all that he's been doing at LinkedIn, how they've been able to grow their user growth, and all about this preload stuff that I want to really get into as well. So without further ado, let me introduce, introduce the guest. His name is Martin Lancy. He is the head of consumer growth at LinkedIn. And previously, he headed up Google's app distribution strategy. At LinkedIn, he's responsible for developing and executing the country, the countries, the company's strategy to accelerate mobile growth. Martin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. Excited to share my key learnings, the mistakes I've made along the way. And hopefully this will be as uh, valuable to your audience as can be. Thanks for the opportunity. Martin, since you said it, what is one mistake that you, you, you've learned along the way? You're like, oh man, that didn't work out well. <laughs> I think um, ne- negotiating specifically with Chinese Android OEMs is very challenging. It's also extremely dynamic and fun because it's so different from what we used to here in the Western world, sort of speak. Mm-hmm. So I think thinking that a, a yes actually meant a yes. It's really important to build strong long-term relationships, which are based on trust. So my, my key learning was that I was moving too fast. I was too aggressive in terms of trying to get these deals across the finish line. But only once we sat down in Beijing, close to their offices and had hot pot and, and some, some lukewarm beers, we really started to develop those relationships. We had delicious meals. And only once we had that trust established, we were successful in actually launching the partnership. So that, that's a big key learning for me. I like that hot pot. I love that. I love that you threw that in too. I'm a big fan of hot pot. I like so that. good. <laughs> yeah, especially on a rainy day like this, man. It's one thing that I look forward to. Hey, when you're starting at a, a when you work for a company like LinkedIn, so big, right? Like, how do you when you're coming in and like, hey, how do I explode consumer growth? How do you figure out like where to put your attention to? Love that question. It's um, I'll say this: it's challenging at at bigger companies, right? Because there's a lot of stakeholders involved and so what what i did is the first six months meet everybody across the teams on the engineering side the infrastructure side data science biz ops finance our paid advertising teams and really understand what goals each of these individuals and teams have Mm -hmm. and how that feeds into the wider company goal and objective And then I actually mapped out what the performance metrics are to get to all these goals. And I built my preload and growth strategy around helping out with that bigger mission so that I could communicate more effectively on 
how preloads would be supplemental to their programs to get their buy-in mm. in order to secure the funds and the other engineering resources needed to launch the partnerships with Samsung, Xiaomi, Sony, and hopefully soon three more uh, top six Android OEMs. So for those who aren't familiar with preloading, that is just having the LinkedIn app preloaded on your phone. So when you buy it, like when you buy a new computer, you have these certain apps that are already preloaded with the computer, correct? That's correct. Thank you. Yeah. What, was that your like main strategy coming into LinkedIn? Like, hey, we have to explode this preload strategy. Was that the main thing that you wanted to come in with? Yes, that's correct. That's actually what I was hired to do. So mm. and that's what I did at Google. So Google had built a hundred different apps, spent millions hundreds of millions of dollars in engineering and product resources to build apps. However, some of those apps did not get distribution through some of the Android platform agreements and the advertising teams realized that for some of these apps, the ROI would be negative because advertising in general can be very expensive. Only those apps with very high LTVs, lifetime values, for example, in the gaming or news categories, make enough LTV to pay for those very high advertising campaigns. So I, we, we actually discovered by working with those product teams that about 10 of those 100 Google apps, we'd build cases and it would be ROI positive to launch preload deals, depending on how you structure those deals. So we can get into those dynamics later on. Let's do that, yeah. And, and you also, to answer your question directly, um, LinkedIn tried to launch a preload program three years back and did not succeed and realized there was opportunity there, but they needed somebody with the knowledge and the relationships to come in and set it up. And luckily, um, Belle on our recruitment team, she, she just found me on LinkedIn, <laughs> showing the power of the platform. Yes. It's an obvious plug, but I had to do it. <laughs> and she, she, she got me extremely excited by explaining the opportunity and what LinkedIn stands for, which is to really make her platform most valuable to everyone in the global workforce. Not just guys like you and me, Steve, with you right. know, good jobs, but everybody. And, and I think that you can increase your quality of life by growing your professional network, learning new skills through the LinkedIn learning platform, and then going through the entire funnel of finding and, and, and getting a new job. Well, I mean, I love LinkedIn. Okay. I already told you before we hit record. So I did, I did off the record as well. We find a lot of our guests when I'm doing cold outreach, we find a lot of our guests through LinkedIn as, as well with a preload strategy. Like here, here's, I got a couple of things that I want to ask you. Like, was it hard to work with these manufacturers, even as big of a company as LinkedIn, because you're a professional service. You're like, ah, you know, we want photo apps, we want consumer based app. Was it hard to sell them on a professional type of app? Great question. Yes, preload deals directly with the smartphone manufacturers is challenging simply because they only have limited space in their device and they don't want to create bloatware where they, they, they could effectively, especially high-end devices with enough space, you could preload 100 apps and you can monetize the heck out of it. And it'll be a great revenue stream for smartphone manufacturers specifically because the margins on the hardware itself is very slim. Um, it, it's not much, I mean, so... It's challenging from that perspective. However, I will say this to answer your question directly. Representing LinkedIn, which is rated as the most valued, trusted platform in terms of privacy by Business Insider year after year, having a high quality brand um, that drives value specifically to professionals helps. We, we're, we're not just a random app that doesn't have great brand equity. We, we enjoy that brand, brand equity and that professional branding. So from that perspective, the way that I like to position it to these 
these smartphone manufacturers as well as say, if you have us preloaded in a prominent position, we can help with your branding and marketing narrative to your new, um, to, to new users and for your retainment marketing strategy, because these brand phone, these, these smartphone manufacturers know that the highest profit they can get is selling to professionals. So their target audience to sell their devices, the high-end devices with higher profitability margins are professionals. Uh-huh. Having said that, I think it, it does help. But if, for example, you represent a, um, a gaming app, one of many different ones, maybe you, you, you can negotiate the deal that I negotiated in terms of pricing. You might have to pay a little bit more because you don't have that brand equity or um, like the addition, the additional value. Right? I'll pause right. right there, Steve, because I have the tendency to go over for that. No, I please do. Questions. No, okay. please do. But like, what, that was my next question, follow-up questions. Like, if I don't have all the con- connections and you have all this load of experience, like how as maybe a startup with some traction, do I do a preload deal? Great question. So you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm happy, to, happy to talk <laughs> to anyone who wants to, um, you know, <laughs> understand how to launch these programs. Again, I think one, understanding the ecosystem of, you know, there's a billion Android smartphones sold worldwide every year, which part of these billion fit into my target demographics. Typically it's the high-end smartphones for most American app developers, Mm. and then build those relationships and understand how to launch a partnership with these Android smartphone manufacturers directly. And it takes time. It, it takes a delicious hot pot or, or you know, we, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I had cold duck feet marinated in mustard sauce in, in Shanghai to, to close a partnership. You know, wow. it was completely new food to me and it's, it's, I really appreciate the cultural aspect, but yeah, it's not easy. Well, I'm happy to help. I think to, to also answer your question more directly, just to um, test out your appetite for preloads and see what it can do for your business you might want to initially outsource your preloads by working with third-party preload companies like Digital Turbine or Iron Source. I think Inmobi as well launched a, a widget surface as of lately. I don't have experience with Inmobi, but I do have Digital Turbine and Iron Source. Um, and they effectively preload their app once the device is booted for the first time. So it's an over-the-air preload. And then they run an ad auction in the back for the top six to eight app slots that they can fill. So depending on your on your on your pricing strategy as an app developer, you can get preloaded on their coverage, which is mostly US and now also some Latin and European carriers. So if you think about those billion Android smartphones being distributed worldwide, about 50% are distributed through the carriers. The US and Japan are carrier driven markets. 85% of the smartphones we buy here in the US are from carriers directly. Only 15% is what we call the open channel. So smartphone manufacturers, they can get you preloaded on all of their open channels, open market channels, because they are responsible for the relationship with the end consumer so they can decide what apps they preload on the phones. The carriers on the other side, which have the majority of the distribution in the US, Japan, about 50-50 in Europe, they are responsible for that end relationship with the users. So they get to decide what they want to have preloaded. Um, since LinkedIn um, it, it is a, it has this brand equity and the carriers as well see the value for their users to have the access of LinkedIn directly preloaded on the phone, 
they don't block it, but they would block the majority of gaming apps or other apps that are just not that familiar with, for example. So that might require a bit more effort if you're one of those app developers. I like it. Yeah, we've had Digital Turn by Matt from there. So I'm going to link that episode 757 into the show notes as well. It's a really great episode, but it's very interesting on what he talked about. And I and I guess I must have forgotten about Martin, but when you were talking about like this bidding model, must have forgot that's, a, that's how they worked in the interview. That's awesome. The, the other thing I want to talk about with you is how do you measure the ROI of this preloading strategy? Are you looking for just new user signups? Are you using for, is it engagement? What are you looking at as a key metric from an ROI perspective? Love that question. So we, we, we have, we have quite clear LTVs understanding. So in terms of ROI, what we look at is how much are we monetizing through advertising, our LMS platform, LinkedIn marketing solutions, mm-hmm. some of the premium subscriptions, some job applications. So those three buckets all funnel into our LTV model. And then on the, on the cost side to build the ROI, we says revenue on the cost side, what we successfully did is once we had that relationship and trust built with, with the Android OEMs, we are only paying for when someone logs into the app for the first time. So it's a one-off login, whether you're a new member to LinkedIn or an existing member, that oh. doesn't matter. And be, because we, we only we, we pay once for the action, for the login, we understand exactly what the ROI to our company is. And that, that makes it almost a risk-free deal to us it's still very lucrative to the OEM, which is why we have these very long-term partnerships that work for both parties. That is a bit unusual. So if you are an app developer, for example, in the gaming space, that should always be your initial strategy to see if you can negotiate the deal where you only pay for it for the login or maybe for the first app open. Um, however, the more common practices for the Android OEMs to have you pay for the install in the factory or for when the device is booted for the first time. The challenge there is from an attribution perspective, unless you're preloaded on the system partition of the device, which you don't want, I'll explain why later, you cannot measure anything until someone clicks your app for the first time. So you fully have to trust your partner on the Android OAM side once the device is booted for the first time that you're preloaded, that their reporting is accurate. There's no MMP today that can give you that measurement insights. And the reason why there's, why I, I, I'll explain system and data partition because I think it's super valuable. Yeah. If you're preloaded on the system partition, you're effectively in the hardware of the device, which means as a user, you can delete the app from your home screen, but it will always live in the app tray, it will always live on the device. So it always takes up space. And that has been documented publicly for many companies to create a negative user experience that would drive the majority of negative one-star Google Play rating, which would then drive down your organic installs. So that's why a lot of preload companies migrated from the system to the data partition so that the end user can still uninstall the app to have a better user experience. But if you're on a data partition, you cannot get any of the attribution that you would get if you're on the system partition where once the device is booted, you can get that information. Also, Android as an OS is getting more secure. So even if you are on the system partition, I believe with the next version of Android, I don't think they'll allow it anymore. That's very interesting. And that's, that's what I was, I was gonna ask you too. What, what are you using to track all that stuff? And I guess you're using just your MMP partner 
to track everything, like the signups and all that stuff? That's correct. Yes. So our company is working with Singular and we have a very great partnership where it actually helped us with a custom solution for preloads that they've built out wow. that, that, that we, we love and we love working with them. So that has been very great. Um, I think that most other MMPs, for example, Apps Flyer, also have um, great tools to, 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 to attribute preloads versus other advertising channels. And they, they, they also have a close relationship with the Android OEMs. So it's not like only one out of the top five MMPs can offer that solution, but we, we particularly work with Singular, yes. Like it. One of the strategies that didn't work, and I think you covered it, you talked about it a little bit, is preloads per install and paying per install. That's correct. Sorry, Steve. Well, more about that. Yes, <laughs> Sorry. Ab- I was just going to shut up. Let you talk, Martin. <laughs> no, good. I wasn't sure what the question was, but I get it. Thanks. So the the the, the cost per install is effectively that this is this is the the most revenue guaranteed for the Android OEM. But you as an app developer don't have any revenue security because you're paying for when your app is preloaded or pre-installed in the factory, even before it's shipped. So that, that's why they would push on it. And then, for example, an Android OEM partner could tell you, well, Martin, you're now preloaded on 1 million devices shipping to these countries. So, you know, give us, give us if you pay, let's say, a dollar for the install, give us one, you know, send us $1 million. And before you have any value from it, so it's, it's more secure for the app developer to try and negotiate a deal where you know for sure you're getting that LTV or maybe meet in the middle. For example, the first app open so that you can pay once the app is open for the first time. Mm-hmm. And then only once your life and the partnership is launched, you'll be able to understand what the preload to first app conversion rate is. And that would then determine if there's a longevity to the partnership. Because the partner would also understand, can then engineer, I'm sorry, call, calculate, okay, well, we forecast X amount of revenue to come in from this preload partnership that is or is not worth it compared to all the other preload partners that it could work with. Yeah, I like that. Anything we missed on the preload side that you want to make sure we cover, Martin? Appreciate the question. Let me think. Um, yes, I, I think um, I appreciate the question. I think. Preloads is is art. It's not science. And what, what I mean I, with this, I can tell from just listening to you. I'm like, oh my god, this is like seems like a lot of work. <laughs> it is, it is. But just also why, you know, Facebook has a team of 15, Amazon is doing it, Google has a distribution team. You know, it's just me at LinkedIn for now. But we're, we're growing the team. Not a plug. And um, <laughs> we, the, the the reason that I say it, which is I think important to explain as well, if you are responsible for the marketing and the growth. If you're one of the, one of the growth folks at your company, um, one of the most challenging parts of this um, responsibility is really influencing the decision-making by your stakeholders. So for us, it's really the executives at our company to explain that even though we do not have the targeting capabilities that our advertising teams have, the impact we have is big. And the ROI is almost guaranteed. So from that perspective, it is worth exploring because preloads, I believe, if not explored, you could miss out. I'm trying to create some FOMO here for a lot of app developers because I think it could be a very lucrative channel 
for, for, for your company to see that growth, especially if your advertisement costs have been increasing, which it has for the most of us in the last few years, just getting very competitive. And um, especially now, you know, with IDFA out, out of, out of the, the, the mix, um, preloads could be another channel. I mean, so, some, some of these app developers, they'll have big budgets and they're going to have to migrate some of that Apple iOS targeting budget to Android. So if Android becomes hyper competitive, it might be worth trying preloads. It'll still be on Android. So you want to avoid cannibalization. That's the second key takeaway, actually. So one is arts, uh, preloads is art, not science. The other one is that you do want to have an attribution partner to understand what your cannibalization is by targeting Android devices from the advertising site while you might already be preloaded in there. And then effectively you're double paying. Right. So that, that's something else you want to um, optimize for. No, that's very interesting. Yeah, I would almost think that's a no-brainer. That's why I wanted to make sure that we talked about with somebody who may not have Martin's connections and Martin's experience, like how do you get started with preload strategy? But I, I'm like, why wouldn't you be want to do this, right? Like it's, it's sort of built in, like you said, it's so it's going to be a positive ROI. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Love it. It's, it's, it's been a good one. It's a good adventure. So what's next? What's next for growth at LinkedIn? Ton of opportunities. I think... Um, you know, as, as a company, we, we're seeing tremendous growth because we're just hyper-focused on making the platform more valuable for our members. And then again, like the next sort of growth for the company in terms of making everything more better is figuring out a way to what we call first-line workers. This could be Starbucks baristas. It could be frontline retail workers in the Apple stores, as an example. Anyone without a college degree, for example, that now might feel intimidated by, by signing up for LinkedIn. Um, but they, they, we also want to make it very valuable for anyone in this world, in the global workforce, mm -hmm. to get the value from LinkedIn that, that you and I get today, if that makes sense. Yeah. How are you guys going about doing that? Because I'll tell you, uh, like I said before we hit record, I love the app. And, you know, I've gone out and done this. I'm sure a bunch of people have done that. I deleted LinkedIn. I mean, I'm not LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. And I'm like, I don't, this is just too much, but LinkedIn is always on there. You know, it's something that I would never delete, but it's like, but how are you guys doing it for, for me? It's like, as a professional, as somebody who runs an agency, like it's beneficial for me for reaching out to podcasts, I guess, but how are you guys doing that approaching it for these other segment of the population? Thank, thanks, Steve. That's a, it is a great question. I'm afraid I can't answer that because th these are still. <laughs> That's why you're so complimentary in the beginning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we do find it very important. So, for example, yeah. I've been talking with distribution partners like Opera Mini and UC Prep Bowser for for seeing how we could distribute our app in in the African continent. Mm. Uh, the, Nigeria is is a very important market, very big market. There's lots of opportunity in a hyper growth phase and it's mostly open market so from a preload perspective you can do a deal with a company like um Trenchin, which is a chinese oem selling predominantly in in um in the top five african countries and so from a distribution perspective i think you know we have we have the playbook ready to roll from a member growth perspective and ma making the platform more valuable it's um we, we, we're working on some strategies that I unfortunately cannot get into, but hope, hopefully you'll, you'll see, uh, you'll see this soon. 
I think you guys are doing a phenomenal job. Like we, we saw a transition from LinkedIn, just being a platform where you find jobs, you know, talk to people to being like a destination where you want to look at the feed and kind of get some news. And we've been doing, I told my team, I was like, let's, let's be more aggressive on LinkedIn. I really like what they're doing. Let's figure out a strategy to share a lot of good content, you know, posts about our podcast, posts about these interviews. And the one thing I got to tell you, Martin, that I loved was like, because I do a lot of YouTube content, but like it auto plays. And I'm like, I love that. You don't have to like go to YouTube. You can just watch it within the feed. I'm like, great. Let's share all our YouTube videos on LinkedIn. Thank you, Steve. Really appreciate that feedback. It's really good, obviously, to get positive feedback. And um, but I also want to make sure that everyone on the call here understands that we're also looking for constructive feedback. If there's anything you don't like about the platform or you think can be improved, we do listen. We have a voice of member team and we, we actually scroll for content both on and off the, our platform to mm -hmm. understand what our members need. And then our, our product teams very carefully prioritize to, to make sure it's the most valuable for the members. And since you're one of our power members, Steve, you know, feel free to just send stuff to me. Messaging. I would tell you right now, Martin, messaging. I, like, okay. I go to it a lot, right? Like now it's becoming a message platform for me. So like, I'm like, where the hell is it again? Oh yeah, I got to go to the home feed and I got to click this little tiny little button on top right. Like there it is again. Because then, you know, like, I don't turn on push notifications very often, but then I'm always checking to see if I have messages, especially if we're trying to do like podcast outreach. Like it's, it's a very important channel, but then it's so hard to find sometimes. So there you go. That's, that's my feedback. Appreciate it. Question for you then. Um, yeah. Would you, would you find it valuable if, if LinkedIn were to split out two apps, continue mm -hmm. with the LinkedIn app and then have a separate messenger app, similar to, for example, what Facebook did with Facebook messenger. Yeah, totally. I would like that. I would like that okay. because I think, Interesting. yeah. And I do use the Facebook messaging app, but I deleted Facebook. Right. Cause I don't want to be on it anymore, but like, yes, like, yes, completely. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Thank you. I'll, I'll talk to um, the product team on the LinkedIn messenger side and uh, I'll get back to you on that one. Martin, can I take credit for that? <laughs> <laughs> Should we just call it the Steve messenger app? We can do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wrote this blog post on medium way back in the day. I was launching this camera app and I was like, Hey, Apple, I fixed your camera app. And I was one of the big thing gripes I had about the app was like, and I had like these little screenshots and I'm, so I'm taking credit for Apple, but I was like, you're flipping the camera because this one selfie was super getting big. Right. It's way up on top where the button to take the cam the picture is way on the bottom. Like, why would you make me like almost, I have small hands. Like I got to use my other hand to just flip the camera and then hit that button. That seems like a bad UX experience. I have that documented. And wouldn't you know it, like they fixed it. And I was like, yes, I told you Apple, like I was right. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Hey Mario, from a preload strategy, one question I do have is, is it something from a geography perspective? Like it is, is it non-US? Like where are you kind of feeling like, hey, if you want, it's more, it's better for these type of geos versus these other geos? Great question. Again, I think, um, if you think about those billion Android smartphones being distributed globally every year, the, in the US and Japan, and it's about 50, 50. So Japan and US are about 85% carrier markets and then 50% open markets. Europe is a mixed bag. It's 50, 50 carrier versus open market. So if you, if you have the resources to set up a, a preload program where you work directly with the Android OEM so you can optimize for ROI positivity, then I would say mostly Western Europe, Southern Europe, um, largely Southeast Asia and most of Latin. So it's really emerging markets plus Europe. And 
if you have the budgets to explore with digital turbine iron source to get onto the carriers in the US, mm-hmm. then you you have almost 100% coverage. So that that it's just two different parts. You have the direct Android OEM deals, and then you can you can also go directly to the US carriers. They typically have two three people working on their teams to get your app preloaded. Um, in, in my experience, Digital Turbine and Iron Source do a great job in just doing all the work for you. Mm-hmm. And since most of us in the growth uh, profession are very busy and it's a never-ending job because there's so many opportunities to explore, yeah. I think there's a lot of value to outsource it to these companies. If you're hyper-focused on growth in the U.S. particularly, it makes a lot of sense to work through with Digital Turbine and Iron Source. Um, let me see if there's anything else. Yes, I think I think that will be a key learning, key takeaway. Yes. So if, if you, for example, have super high LTVs in the US and then you can at least set up a pivot or uh, sorry, a pilot with those companies in the US. And if you have higher LTVs in emerging markets, then it'd be great if you could explore a preload program directly with the Android OEMs. I love it. Martin, anything I missed that you want to make sure we cover? Appreciate the question. I think um, I think that's it. I think we covered everything. Uh, really, again, really appreciate the, the the questions and the opportunity to share my key learnings. Hopefully, it was valuable for for your audience. Please do give me the feedback later, and um, I'll give it to you now. It. It, it was Thank super you, valuable. I loved it. I think we covered like, hey, how do you do it if you're at a bigger company? How do you do it if you're a smaller company? You covered a lot of it, and then what do you think about? So I loved it. I th- I took so many notes on this. That's when you Great. know it's good. When I've got like a bunch of bullet points I'm writing down as you're talking, I'm like, do, 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 do. <laughs> that's when you know it's good. <laughs> awesome. Right. Glad to hear. Martin, well, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Besides LinkedIn, which I recommend everybody have, what is another app that we should definitely check out? Ooh, interesting. Let me quickly open up my, uh, my phone here and see what I've been using lately. I'm not, I'm not going to say Clubhouse because that, that would just be too obvious, right? Oh, okay. um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, me, me too. I'm still trying to understand what the value add is. Um, <laughs> me too. I'm like, here's what I feel. Just my little two second rant on it. I'm like, this is like a podcast, but you're taking all the great things about a podcast. Like I can speed up somebody or I can skip over stuff. Now I have to listen through all this stuff. Where's the big benefit for me? So I actually am, what's the, it's not bullish. What's the other word? But I don't think I'm like, didn't Anchor try this way back in the day? And now we just became a podcasting platform. So I'm kind of like, eh, I don't think it's going to do much. Those those are interesting insights. And I agree with you because I'd rather just listen to podcasts on my own time, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. <laughs> we'll, see how, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll so see how it goes. Question, right. And I'll, I'll keep it close to home. Yeah. The other app that I love and I would recommend for, for everyone to try out is the LinkedIn Learning app. Mm. There. So we have a separate app for learning and there is free content, really good, high quality, free content available on the LinkedIn learning app that can help you prepare for interviews and learn other skills that might be of interest to you in your profession. Or if you want to change your career direction, you could do that. If you are a premium member, then you would get access to all of the content. But even there's a lot of great free content on there. So I think that's that's valuable. I love that. What's a lesson it could be personal or business that took you the longest to learn? It's the people who make the party, both in our personal and professional life. 
lives. It's it's all about trust, and I'll define trust as consistency over time, both in our professional and personal lives. And I think how I like to measure my happiness is the depth of my relationships with my my family and colleagues. Yeah, I love that. No better way to end than that. The website, as you guys already know, it's already LinkedIn, but you guys are probably already on it as well. Martin, if the listener wants to follow up with you in any other way, just go to your LinkedIn profile then. Yes, that'd be great. <laughs> awesome. Well, Martin's name is linked up to his LinkedIn profile. If you got anything out of this, find a way to thank the guest like I'm about to do now. Martin, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thank you, Steve. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.